Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Welcome to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today I'm in Barnsley, which uh, apparently is the head, of, uh, the um, capital of the North. Um, and today I'm talking to Kevin Sabin, who's the uh, director um, and head of mining services for, Harg- for Hargreave Services, um, who are a divi- diversified group of um, companies delivering um, services to the industrial mining and property sectors. Um, I've known Kevin for probably, he's been speaking to you for probably a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, and really uh, interested in having a chat with Kevin um, so he can tell us a little bit more about our Hargreaves and obviously their mining services and what they actually do. So no further ado, let's get straight into it. So um, I want you to welcome Kevin Sabin. Hi, Thank, Kevin. Thanks, Rob. Hi, good morning. Um, yeah, so well- yeah. Welcome to Barnsley. Yeah, welcome to Barnsley. It's, it's a nice day. It's just uh, just before the Easter weekend, so uh, um, we're bright bright here, nice and early. And um, want to have obviously uh, get a better understanding of obviously what Hargreaves is about. So first of all, if you just want to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, how you got into how you got into mining, yeah. um, and then tell us uh, about Hargreaves Services and what services you actually provide to the mining industry. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I started in the mining industry in 1975. Um, I was an apprentice electrician, and I've worked at most of the mines in uh, Nottinghamshire and Yorkshire, uh, worked my way through to become electrical engineer at a couple of mines, and um, ultimately then moved into a mining contracting company within UK Coal. So worked in the public sector and the private sector uh, from the National Coal Board through to latterly British Coal. Uh, and in mining contracting then we started to get into a wider market looking uh, around the UK outside of coal mining um, and also globally looking at other opportunities, taking our skill set um, and our experience and seeking out wider opportunities. Um, I joined Hargreaves seven years ago now. Uh, Hargreaves Services is, is an AIM-listed PLC, and the company have grown right through the mining supply chain, um, providing end-to-end solutions. So we've got various divisions. We have actually owned and operated our own deep mine, Maltby Colliery in South yeah. Yorkshire, um, which the company bought from UK Coal. And so I think that that's quite a unique selling point for us is that as a mining services provider, we have actually owned and operated our own safe, modern, mechanised deep mine in the private sector. And I think when you string all of that together, that really is a unique selling point. There aren't many service providers who've done that. Um, and Maltby was not an easy mine. It was a very deep mine. It was almost a thousand metres deep. Um, it had three shafts, multiple seams, um, a difficult geology, high levels of methane concentration, obviously all of the legacy issues of unionised workforce, um, outdated infrastructures. So I think 
when you put all of that together as a company, we have a wealth of experience that is transferable, is current, um, and is sought after when you start to look around the world. So whilst Hargreaves has become um, a very prominent company in the mining supply chain, so not only do we um, have experience in underground mining, we are the largest surface mine operator in the UK. Um, we have our own transport fleet. We service lots of the end users. So we work at most of the steel plants, power stations uh, and ports, uh, providing materials handling solutions, coal processing facilities. Um, and, and so we've got a wealth of experience. We touch coal from planning it, designing mines, operating mines, through to um, processing the mineral and supplying it to customers and servicing their needs. So that, so that wealth of experience is something that underpins everything that we do. Um, but of course, the critical um, factor is health and safety. And that's something that we are um, obviously particularly good at. It's something that underpins everything we do. And in fact, Maltby Colliery was the first mine in the world to be awarded the British Safety Council sort okay, of honour. that's good. So we, we treat health and safety first and foremost as a, an extremely high priority. Um, so, so that's given us a, a, a wealth of experience that we can go around the world and, and sell. So not only have we looked in the UK, um, we've looked elsewhere. Maybe five or six years ago, we didn't see many opportunities in the UK. Mining was, uh, was quite flat. Uh, yeah. And so we looked around the world. In 2013, we set a company up in India. So we did lots of um, assessments, reviews, um, looked where were the real opportunities. And at that time, India looked to be, well, clearly is one of the largest coal producers, producing around 750 million tonnes of coal per annum. Um, is obviously one of the hugest populations in the world, 1.25 billion people. Uh, and when Mr Modi first came to power, his aspirations were to supply every person in the country with electricity, which was a huge challenge at the time. And it was all going to be coal-based. Yeah. We set the company up in India um, to service that sector. And Mr Modi's government said that they would double production um, to 1.5 billion tonnes. So we spent a lot of time in India. Uh, we pursued a number of projects. Uh, we did quite a lot of work, but the big projects never really came to fruition. Uh, and so over the last few years, we've looked elsewhere around the world um, and we've found other opportunities. But more of late, the real opportunities are, are in the UK and, and UK mining is resurgent at the moment. Yeah. I think most of all, the project that people will recognise is um, the Sirius Minerals Project which is a really exciting project. It's a huge project. Um, it, it's very modern. It's high tech. Uh, it, it works across a number of sites. So not only the mine at Woodsmith, um, but the processing plant at Wilton, the 37-kilometre tunnel to Wilton that transports the mineral to be processed and ultimately to the dockside um, to be exported. So polyhalite um, is definitely a mineral for the future. So whilst a lot of our experience has been in coal, it certainly transfers into other minerals. And, and mining, underground mining is generally underground mining. Uh, so we're working also in salt, we're working in potash, um, we've worked in metalliferous mines as well. 
And so that experience has, has allowed us to align with some of the companies who are working with Sirius uh, on providing services. For instance, shaft sinking. The Sirius project will uh, will need four shafts, two to access the, the seams 1,500 metres below the North Yorkshire Moors, uh, and a further two to access this 37-kilometre tunnel that will transport the mineral. So we're working with companies now to look at how we can uh, bring our expertise to the table, um, what we can contribute in terms of people. Um, so the project needs a lot of people. Um, it's obviously looking very closely at local people. And we have a number of people across Yorkshire um, who have worked in Yorkshire mines. Yep. Um, so I think that puts us in a good place. Um, and fundamentally, it's about competent people. The mining regulations changed in 2014 uh, and they became very focused on proving competence of people rather than people having a mines qualification board certificate from 10, 20, 30 years ago, which previously would have stood people in good stead throughout the career and still does. Um, it, it also has other elements to it about experience, about working in that particular environment. And so we've done a lot of work on competence. And at the moment, we've got a database of probably 780 people who are predominantly quite local to the Sirius site, who all want to work on that project yeah. and who all bring different skill sets, different attributes. So we're now looking at how we can um, service the mine, providing people to work on this exciting project. Yeah, obviously, uh, before we uh, before we started this podcast, you mentioned obviously there's going to be quite a few people uh, going to be working on this uh, on this particular project, and you also mentioned that you're looking at local people as well. Do you think with the amount of people that you need for the project that you're going to find the people here in the UK with the the existing skills or do you think you will need to train people from maybe some other industries to train them up into the mining industry? Because obviously as a recruiter, I obviously look for people within the UK for yeah. some of the UK roles that I have and also obviously overseas and I do sometimes struggle to try and find people with the, the right skills. So do you mm -hmm. think you will need to get people from either outside or people from other industries? Um, and have you got a process in, in which you're going to look to upskill people within the mining industry? Yeah, sure. So, so I, I think it's going, to be, it's going to be a mix of people. Yeah. Uh, and because of the number of mines, I mean, everybody knows the number of coal mines there were in the UK, but obviously the problem with that is an ageing there's a lot, a lot of people retiring. A lot yeah, of people that I, uh, that I approach are, are retiring. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but but you, you will be surprised, actually, at yeah. the number of people who were younger who do want to come back into it. And just to use an example, um, one, one group of people that we're looking at for this project are winding engine drivers. Okay. Um, and winding engine drivers, I don't think anybody would disagree, um, historically, have been older people. Um, however, we've got, at the moment, we've got about 18 winding engine drivers who worked around the UK coal field um, up to the age of maybe 68 who want to come and back and work on this project. So yeah. I think that, that there are some people who can come and work short term. There are yep. some people who can come and we can transfer their skills 
to the younger generation. There are people who want to train who are younger and who've never been in this position. So I think really across the, the piece, we will have a mix of people, but we will certainly tap into the wealth of experience that is out there and is quite local to the mine. Yeah. Um, and people who are local to the mine who need training, we've developed training courses, we've got competence um, development procedures. We, we really have put a lot of effort into this, working very closely with Sirius and with their contractors uh, DMC in particular, yeah. looking at how we can get the best for the mine, the best for the area, uh, and obviously develop this exciting project. Yeah. So what services do you provide to that particular operation? So so that and elsewhere, we, we provide basically three, three elements, um, which are project management, mining consultancy, and mining contracting. And I use the term mining contracting loosely because it can be provision of labour, it can be a fixed price contract. Um, it can be a cost plus cost. So we basically try to be flexible with the client and work with various clients on the solution that best fits them. Um, and, and the fourth element that is not particularly relevant to Sirius, but is I think is interesting to maybe other people, is that we um, have a lot of expertise in mining equipment. And when Maltby closed unexpectedly, we had to, which was the mine that we operated for yep. seven years, we had to look to sell that equipment around the world. Um, and so we, we had a lot of experience in marketing, um, liaising with people, developing opportunities for you know to install our equipment elsewhere. We sold um, a long wall package from our mine to a Chinese client. Um, and so we got a far reaching network of, of companies that we can provide these solutions to. And what we've found is quite often people who are looking for this equipment may also look for other services. Certainly. So they could want some design services to make that equipment match their particular mining circumstances, some consultancy. They could need some project management to enable them to install that equipment in their mines and some people to go and install that equipment to maintain it, to operate it. Um, and in fact, one 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 interesting project, um, the most northerly coal mine in the world, Spitsbergen. I was just going to go on to that <laughs> next. <laughs> so, so because of our experience in, in all of those fields, so we worked with Spitsbergen when it was an operating mine. It's in Svalbard in, in Norway. And, and it was a very modern, very successful coal mine, um, but obviously found it difficult to compete in, in this today's commercial environment. Um, but we installed the last long wall um, at Spitsbergen and at Svey. Uh, and that long wall was probably one of the most modern long walls in the world. It was to be fully automated. Um, and so no men on the coal face, which is obviously far safer. The technology is developed to such a point where a guy in the, in the gate can operate that long wall from a single control station with cameras, with electronic information, with feedback from machines. He can steer the equipment, move the equipment, um, automatically uh, on the coal face and monitor that. So we installed that long wall and, and sadly the mine closed um, because of commercial reasons, although the long wall was a success yep. um, maybe nine months after that. And last year the Norwegian government announced that they would be closing the mine and remediating the site. So we've been engaged by SNSK, the company, to help them market and sell the complete range of mining equipment. And that is equipment from the pick point underground, um, coal winning equipment, develop machi development machines, um, a long wall system, 
conveyors, compressors, electrical infrastructure, mechanical infrastructure, and then it, the, the coal is taken out of the mine. There are processing plants, a shiploader. There is actually a very complete um, and very highly mechanised modern set of equipment available there. Um, so for anybody that's interested in that equipment, they have their own website, um, which is snskmachinesales.com. Uh, okay. And you can yep. go to that website and look at everything. There is specifications on there. Um, the, the, there's explanations about the equipment. So it's some really good equipment there yep. available. Is there any other projects that you're involved in or any other countries that you're um, going into? Yeah, so first of all, sticking with the UK, as I said, mining yep. again is, is, is resurgent. Um, West Cumbria Mining, yep. that's a project on uh, obviously on the West Coast. Um, and they have recently received planning permission. We're working again with West Cumbria Mining to look at what part we can play in that. We've got a lot to offer in terms of the equipment, mining contracting, uh, and they will um, enter the mine through two old um, drifts that access an anhydrite mine, um, but then they need to divert those those drifts after a short space and then move further down into the coal seam. Yeah. So there'll be some development drivages to do. Um, hopefully we can play a part in that. Um, and so we're looking at, at working closer with them. We work across other mines in the UK, British Gypsum, Gypsum Mine, yep. Salt Mine, Salt Union, uh, Winsford Mine, Baldy Potash Mine. But outside of the UK, there are also some, some interesting projects. So we're working in Poland. Um, and in Poland, they're in a similar situation to, to the one that we are in, that they're rationalising their mines, they're closing a number of mines, they're looking to mechanise some of their mines um, and there are some concepts, some technologies that we have become very good at in the UK, as other people have around the world. Um, and one example of that is roof bolting. So in Polish mines, they don't roof bolt underground, but they are now looking at becoming more efficient. Um, and so they're introducing these technologies. We're working with a few clients, two clients to be precise, in, in, in Poland to introduce roof bolting. And again, that, that, that opens up opportunities for the range of services that we provide. So initially, there'll be some mining consultancy um, to look at planning the mine on a roof bolting basis, geotechnical surveys, geotechnical plans, um, pull tests, establishing what needs to be done, um, what is the right process for doing that. And then some mining contractors, some people who can train and develop the indigenous people, and ultimately, potentially, some opportunity for equipment. So they've also looked at second-hand mining equipment. They've been to Spitsbergen. Okay, they've viewed yeah. some of this equipment and are looking at it. Yeah. So so for us, it's about collaboration. It's looking right across the patch. How can we knit all of these opportunities and, and people together? Yep. Yeah. Are you working in South America at all? We are working in Colombia at the moment. Yep. I thought you mentioned that uh, yeah. previous in previous yeah. conversations. So, so we also Hargreaves has a trading company, um, a marketing people in, in Germany, uh, and they currently buy coking coal, some of the best quality coking coal from mines in Colombia, and in particular one mine where we have a, a really good relationship with the mine owner, um, and it, it's in his um, it's in his interest and obviously to our advantage to increase production. It's difficult geology, it's steep seam geology, um, and so some of the more traditional mining methods that we're used to and have been used extensively in the UK are not particularly applicable in Colombia. It's a different type of mining, but there is a low-level mechanisation as a first step that can be implemented, 
and can significantly increase production and also improve health and safety. That's something else that we're totally focused on helping the mine with. So we've got some guys out in Colombia at the moment working at a mine where we're actually managing, beginning to manage the mine now on behalf of the mine owner. Uh, and we're introducing what we would see as standard health and safety practices, health and safety policies, all of the systems that underpin mechanisation and then moving on to a low-level mechanisation that's suitable for steep seam working. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I've got a couple of questions. If, if there's anything else you want to add, just obviously let me know. But a couple of questions I've got. What direction is the sort of company looking to adopt within the mining industry over the next five or ten years? What sort of plans have, have the company got? Maybe what countries they're going into, maybe providing different different services than you're currently doing? Um, is yeah. what, What's the overall plan? So I think speaking particularly about our industrial services division, who I said earlier work at most of the steel plants, power stations and ports, um, because of the UK's position, let's say, on coal. Yeah. Um, we are handling less coal, we import less coal, we mine less coal. So we're turning our attention to um, how we can diversify using the skill sets we've got. Yeah. And of course, there are lots of opportunities. I mean, handling biomass, processing biomass, um, for example, is something that, that we do. But more particularly now, we're looking at how we can expand our engineer and engineering services. Yeah. So we, at all of these applications, we are working with conveyors, material hand, handling plants, machines, equipment, um, and we've got some quite innovative solutions for maintenance services. Um, so we're looking at installation, maintenance, and operation of systems, of material handling systems, um, so we're looking at, for instance, that the Sirius plant is a huge materials handling part yeah. to that to get the material out of the mine, to process it and then load it into ships. Well, that's exactly what we do elsewhere. So albeit polyalite, it's still mm. a materials handling solution. So we're looking to expand our engineering services into those kind of opportunities. Um, what challenges are you, are you facing within, I suppose, the mining, uh, mining sector? that you'd, you'd like to share with us? I think one of the biggest challenges is is um, the ageing mining population that we've <laughs> yeah. got in the UK, as we alluded to earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, as I said earlier, that there are people that, that we can, that can yeah. use, um, want to maintain their um, jobs in the mining industry. There are people who want to come into the mining industry who've never been near a mine before. Mm. So I think the challenges are developing um, systems, processes, training courses, trainers, um, competence assessment procedures to be able to develop the next generation um, into mining jobs, into mining opportunities. I think mm. there are lots of opportunities, increasing number of opportunities, and there are lots of willing people out there who want to become a become part of this yeah so our challenge now is to facilitate their entry into the mining industry mm. just as i did in 1975 yeah. yeah i mean obviously within this region up here in the north a lot of older people would have been in in the actual mining industry or related or been in companies that are related to the mining industry and obviously their children would want to probably move into that move into mining as well but because there's been a big gap because there hasn't been any mining um it's trying to make the mining industry attractive to those people and why should they go into that industry yeah. so i think that's another another issue that companies need to address is making it making the industry more attractive and i've been hearing that 
throughout a lot, a lot of people that I speak to and obviously a few people that I've done podcasts with mm. um, the mining industry because of where it's what it's done over the last four five six years has been a bit I suppose gone into a little bit of a, a recession that the industry so it hasn't been a, an attractive industry to go into and that's mm-hmm. why I think uh, university graduate numbers are heavily down at the moment because people yeah. are not looking to study that and I think there needs to be a, a an image change for for mining um, I think we're at a bottom of the mining curve now and I think things will start to get, getting busier but we need to I think the mining industry needs to be a bit more attractive and um, attractive to people that may be looking to get into the industry mm-hmm. um, and obviously competing with other industries as well so I think there's yeah. a in, an image problem there do you, do you find that do you think um, to be honest, within the industry, I don't see that, um, yeah. and I could see that some people who were who were trying to were looking at the industry from outside might mm-hmm. see that. But I know that companies like ourselves, companies like Sirius Minerals, like West Cumbria, are one hundred percent focused on health and safety. Yeah, absolutely. That that is a given. That that's you know that's right across the piece. So so there's there aren't the health and safety issues that maybe there were years ago when people were getting dust and pneumoconiosis, yeah. vibration, white finger, yeah. the, all of those issues. Are, I won't say they've got, but they're managed very very tightly. There are so yeah. many uh, people focused on health and safety. So so it is a safe environment. Yeah. I think more than ever, it's very highly mechanised. Some of the most modern technologies, I mean, to wind polyalite from 1,500 metres deep beneath the earth is, is a huge task. To yeah. be able to extract, extract 10, 20 million tonnes per annum. But mm. the technology that these people are, are working at, looking at, is, is the best in the world. Mm. It really is. It's proven technology, but there's some excellent technology to get involved in. So yeah. all of these youngsters now that like their PS tools or what they have at Xboxes. There's going to be <laughs> yeah. lots of that, but actually yeah, yeah. doing something yeah. with it and, and yeah. creating a job from it. And also, I suppose the longevity of the industry. Obviously, the mining industry here in the UK has taken a big hit. There seems to be not much happening, but I think there is. If especially if you're in the industry, you know there is a lot of things happening. Absolutely. But how long is the mining industry going to continue in the UK, and will it grow? I, I, I think it will. But from people that are not necessarily from a mining background, they may look at the industry and think, um, "Is is it gonna is it gonna grow and then come off again?" Um, if we have someone like Maggie Thatcher decides to uh, to cut cut obviously uh, all, all the coal mines, shut the coal mines down, how long is that longevity within the industry here in the UK? I think it's there for a long, long time. Um, I was at a conference in Poland last week and and a slide from one of the presenters particularly struck me um, and it was taken from the Minerals Education Coalition and that slide um, showed a baby and said that every American born today will need £3.03 million of minerals, metals and fuels in their lifetime. And right, then it okay. breaks that down and it surrounds the baby with, for instance, 347,429, uh, 347,042.9 pounds of coal, um, 2,206 pounds of bauxite, um, where are we? 51,614 Things that we do today depend on the min- your mobile phone, the screen yeah. on your mobile phone, the electronics within it all yeah. come from yeah. 
metals, precious metals, mineral, you know. So yeah. it really, I think there needs to be a, a an, an education of yeah. to to live today. The things that we enjoy, the lifestyle that we yeah. we enjoy, does depend so much on minerals and yeah, the extraction of those definitely. minerals from the earth. Well, everything around us has either been agricultured, obviously, i.e., food, or it's been mined. Absolutely. So every single yeah. thing, everything you look at, everything you touch, everything you use has come from a mine somewhere in the world. Yeah. So, um, and not a lot of people know that. And I sort of only discovered that from doing these podcasts. Absolutely. That, that is a that is a, a true fact. Yeah, yeah. And, and the West Cumbrian CEO, when he goes down in his presentations, will show the wind turbines that everybody is so, um, so favourable of. Uh, and those wind turbines couldn't be made without steel. Steel okay. can't yeah, be yeah. made without coal. Yeah. So, you know, everything comes back to... The extraction the tribe, of yeah. minerals and mining of those minerals. Yeah, certainly. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add as a as a conclusion? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I've I've said enough. Yeah. I, I could speak <laughs> forever, to be honest. I'd be yeah. very happy to speak to anybody personally or share any thoughts. Yeah, um, no worries. Well, I appreciate your time, Kevin. Um, if the audience wants to contact you, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, so my email address is all lowercase Kevin dot Sabin, that's S A B I N at H S G P L C dot co dot UK. And are you on any social media platforms at all? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, but sadly I don't use Facebook. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this podcast's the most modern thing I've ever done, I think. Um, alternatively, you can contact myself uh, via email and I can pass any messages on. Uh, my email address is rob at mining-international.org. So uh, thank you again for listening. Um, hope you uh, enjoyed the podcast. Um, appreciate if you can uh, share any of the podcasts that I do, um, any of the uh, media that I put out there. Appreciate if you can share it. Would like, uh, obviously, the podcast to go further afield. We are in over 107 countries at the moment. Um, some of those countries may only have one subscriber, um, but I will obviously want to increase those uh, those numbers um appreciate if you can also write reviews on any of the platforms that you uh, listen to this podcast on again that will help increase the reach and um people obviously searching for podcasts um more reviews will um hopefully they will come across this uh, particular podcast so appreciate uh, appreciate all your help so far but we want to try and get these uh, numbers up a bit more it's a free podcast hopefully people will learn a lot from it so yeah until next time happy mining Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.